This week on Dig Me Out. I'll never forget that song. I will never. You should. You should hop onto Spotify and see. If no, I don't want to hear that. You want to hear it? Yeah, you oh. do. Oh yeah, you do. Tim and Jay review Front End Loader by Front End Loader. Hello and welcome to another episode of Dig Me Out. I'm your host Tim Minichi, and joining me episode 175 of season four my co-host your friend in ours our friend in yours something like that <laughs> mr jason ziak jay i try to come up with new and interesting witty ways to introduce you but um sometimes i trick myself and make it too complicated i heard that yeah sort of tripped and stumbled there what i need is for you to jump in and be like I, I should say, I'm your host, Tim Nietzsche, and then you go, and I'm Jason Ziak. <laughs> okay. I'll throw it to you. You throw it and to then me. We, and together we say, welcome to another episode of, of, and then like a chilling squad goes, dig me out. Wow. That's my plan. That's my grand plan for how this, uh, that's how this is all going to go down. That sounds super annoying. It does. And I'm looking to alienate as many <laughs> listeners as possible. So one of the ways we do that, <laughs> it's not true. One of the ways we actually try to ingratiate ourselves to the listeners is by allowing them to pick the records we're going to review. We call those requested reviews. Requested, requested review. And we have one this week. It's from Mr. Gavin Reed, frequent requester of albums and bands, previous host of the uh, or co-host uh, or, or guest I should say of the show and um, he provided us with another pick from Down Under from Australia the band Front End Loader now Jay are you familiar or were you familiar with the band Front End Loader no I'm not neither was I now they had an an album that uh, Gavin had provided us with a during I think it was like season one sent us like a little USB stick full of a whole bunch of Australian bands he wanted us to check out and they were on there and there was a album by this band called Last of the V8 Interceptors and <laughs> I remember the the name just because it reminded me of um, the movie Mad Max 2 mm. uh, which uh I believe it's the vehicle that Mad Max drives. It's a V8 Interceptor. You're talking about the Road Warrior? Yeah. Mad Max 2, the Road Warrior. Yeah. Yeah. So that piqued my interest. You know, anytime a band mentions uh, automobiles, I find that interesting. Uh, mm-hmm. But I never, I, I prefer to actually not listen to the bands that are not suggested until we actually get around to reviewing them. So I, I purposely did not listen to Front End Loader so that we could get to them one day when Gavin suggested them, and then lo and behold, this year, Gavin suggested it. So we're going to review their debut album, which is self-titled. Uh, and before we do so, let's talk a little history of the band. History of the band. 
They formed in December 91 in the Sydney, Australian suburb of Darlington. The members of the band are and were Bowden Campbell on guitars and vocals, Davis Claymore on lead vocals and guitar, Richard Corey on bass guitar, and Peter Kostick on drums. And so 1991 they formed. They are still together, and it's still the original four members. No lineup change. That's fairly, that's fairly remarkable. They've only released five studio albums in that time. Their first album was released in June of 1993. That's the self-titled Front End Loader, which we're reviewing. Their second album, Let's Ride, came out in March of 1995. The aforementioned Last of the V8 Interceptors came out in August 1997. They put out their fourth album, How Can We Fail When We're So Sincere?, in March of 2002, and then there was a break of nine years. Uh, May of 2011, they re- released the album Rit Tardando, which I believe is a musical term. Not exactly sure uh, what it means, but I believe so. And uh, they've released a number of EPs, including one in 2012. Uh, throughout the years, I think there's like eight or nine EPs that they've released. Uh, if you go to their website, it's actually fairly humorous. Um, it's frontendloaderband.com, and the tagline for the website is, website is Australia's least popular, relatively well-known band. <laughs> that about sums it up, huh? Yeah, and they actually mention in the biography for the release of the 2011 uh, album Retardando that you should please space out the listening of the songs uh, to two to three a year because they're not planning on making another record for at least seven years. <laughs> so, there you go. That's the history of Front and Loader. I believe they have won, I believe it was their last record actually won them an ARIA, which is the Australian equivalent of a Grammy for Best Hard Rock Album. So, a band that was, you know, 20 years into their career finally won an award. So, that's pretty interesting. And they did not show up for that award because they said they were not wealthy enough. Uh, they didn't have enough money to actually show up and accept the award. <laughs> so we got some Facebook feedback on this record. Scott Russell Halgrim, I, I hear Seaweed, DRI, and Descendants slash All. Never heard of these guys before, but I love this so much. And then Gavin <laughs> Reed, the man who suggested this album for us, said, I'm a little bit apprehensive about how this sounds to New Year's, New Ears, but in 93, this was a fantastic conduit from metal to punk without really being either. If anything, it may be a little more punk version of Early Faith No More, or even a pre, or even a metal pre-Blood Sugar Chili Peppers. Regardless, the All-Star Jam is still one of my favorite songs, and the concept of Jesus auditioning people for a band and saying, you are fucking great, could only be done at night only be done in 1993 and in Australia. I should add that they're still still the most consistently amazing live band I've seen. I saw them a lot. Also, strangely, for that sound, they are actually really crisp live, often music that raucous becomes sludge live. That's a good point there, Gavin. So, Jay, let's... Well, first I want to mention, if you have an album uh, that you would like us to review, please visit our request review page at digmeoutpodcast.com. Dot com. Uh, so Jay, let's talk about what we liked and what we did not like about this record. I'm going to throw it to you first, Jay. 
Give me something that you really liked about Front and Loader. The vocals. Uh, I really like the sound of his voice. And there's even some parts where they do harmonies. And Mm -hmm. for the style of voice that he has, um, which is pretty raspy, um, you know, they do some gang vocal stuff. It's, it's, It's fairly aggressive, but he can also kind of tone it down and get into like a Mark Lanigan space mm-hmm. at times. Um, but I love the, I love the sound of the voice. And then I, I love that they take that style of voice and actually do harmonies with it, which is not something you hear a lot with that style of voice. You know, you think of harmonies being a little bit prettier, but it, it works really well on the couple of songs where they do it. And I wish they did it more. So that's one thing with ping pong this. Well, the thing that I liked, or the first thing that I liked about this band, and I was having trouble, like, sort of narrowing them down to what they're doing. Obviously, there's a metal influence, and obviously there's a punk influence, but I was like, well, what kind of bands have that kind of metal-slash-punk influence? And then to just today, I was listening to, um, on, if you have, a, like, a DirecTV or a satellite channel, or satellite, like, Dish or something like that, they, you get, like, music channels that you can put on, and there's a 90s alternative station on DirecTV, I believe it's called Reality Bites. And uh, a song came on when I was I was not in the room, but I could hear the music, and I was like, I know this. What is this? And then I walked back in the room, and I was like, oh, it's Therapy. Mm-hmm. And it was a song, Screamager, um, from the album that we reviewed, Trouble Gum. And I was like, there you go. It's yeah. Therapy is, I get not the British version of this band, because it's, I think they're a little bit different. But it, it had that same vibe where it has these like definite punk roots with this metal influence, and the vocal in a lot of ways reminded me of it, and then and the attitude and the delivery, taking those two sort of you know different schools of rock music, um, in some ways polar opposite, molding them together into a, you know that really unique sound that Therapy does, and then also the way that this band does too, because. No, to be able to sing over like the punk beat of, you know, furthest place away, but then also do that like living color ash stomp on my side. shows off a diverse you know vocal ability like you said um 
that I really enjoyed, which leads me into my next thing that I liked, which was for a band that, you know, is playing in that punk metal space, they play around with a lot of different styles. Um, I mentioned my side having this like living color sort of feel to it. And then you have like a couple of the songs like Further Place Away and Furthest Place Away and, and Bad Blood, which have these more like old school kind of punk uh, rhythms to them. Mm-hmm. Um, you get that like thrash uh, on IG Indian Giver. There's a lot of different things that they're doing. It's sometimes in the same song, going from punk to metal and back and forth, and they do it pretty seamlessly. And I really liked that aspect of it, where it didn't feel like jarring. It felt a lot. It felt like this was a band that, in the scope of like you know two or three minutes, these are pretty quick songs for the most part. Um, they're able to jump from genre to genre fairly seamlessly. Yeah, that, that's something that I really like about the record because. Uh, IG is a good example. Um, when it starts off, you're very much in a thrash, kind of fast punk kind of sound. But then you get to the chorus, and it's not like that at all. Um, it goes to halftime. Mm-hmm. Um, it gets a lot more melodic. Then you get to the, cor- um, the solo, and it sounds like Metallica. <laughs> so there's this, there's uh, on the better songs on the record, there's a really cool mix of different styles and different parts within the same song that's really hard to do it's really hard to pull off they pull it off for the most part really well there are some songs i would say where i guess we can start sliding to the negative stuff it starts to feel a little bit like a riff fest you know like mm-hmm. not a rib fest but a riff fest <laughs> um we're all but, fans of yeah. rib fest <laughs> oh yeah where you're just yeah you know, it's just uh one riff after another you know there, there's a couple twos on here where it's, it feels a little bit like that and it's it's less uh, about songwriting but um the the shifts to, to halftime in, in the in the more melodic type arrangements were really unexpected on this and it's obviously the you know the part that grabs my ear um song like furthest place away it's probably my favorite song on the record at times it starts off it kind of sounds like a more metal version of Dinosaur Jr but then it switches into this kind of a, a, a replacements feel like it's punky but it still has a lot of melody then it gets really singable um, with the harmony and the, and the chorus and 
good, you know, the guitar solos are good. They have purpose in the songs. They're not just like noise or noodling, you know, for the most part, forcing a melody or introducing a new melody for the chorus. So those bits and parts um, in songs where it, it shifts into a whole different mood, usually more of a major kind of feel and then back to more of a minor, darker feel. Mm-hmm. Um, it's what kept my interest in the record for sure. In terms of when you, you so you transitioned into what you didn't like, um, I feel like some of the songs are a little underbaked. Uh, mm. I know I understand this is like a debut record. Two of the songs, "Weak as Piss" track three, and "Frayed Not" track thirteen, were singles that were released. I believe both were released before the record, mm. um, and then they were included on the record. You know, they were there. This is a band that was two years into you know being a band. Sometimes you, you know not all the ideas are fully fleshed out in terms of what you're trying to do as a band. So some of the stuff. It doesn't feel quite as original. Um, you know, the, the stuff that relies more on a traditional punk feel don't necessarily doesn't necessarily work as well for me. I like the song "All Star Jam," uh, but it's followed by or uh, the song before it, um, "Me to Know." Mm. They try to play in like a halftime for a lot of that song. And it drags, and it, it's the longest song on the... No, not song. It's the second longest song on the record. Doesn't necessarily work for me. Um, I don't need. I don't like this band playing in that like, slow space for extended periods of time. Um, just sort of feels like any sort of generic alternative metal band from the 90s when they're doing that. Yeah, you know, the, uh, I do like... Um, I think those are the moments, though, that his voice saves it. So as long as he's singing during those parts... I felt like it was okay, you know. It, it elevated the, the the sound of his voice and the melodies he's 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 singing. I f- saved it for me, but I, I know where you're, you're coming from. You know, something funny about that song is that the intro riff sounds a lot like like Firehouse or Slaughter, <laughs> like just the the intro bit. I don't even think they go back to it. It's just the part that starts the song. You're like, oh my god, I feel like I'm listening to a Firehouse record. And it switches to like more of a Sabbath kind of thing and, and do a whole other riff. But just that that beginning part is just one of those times where you're like, wow, these guys are really, uh, this is the early 90s. And they were doing some other stuff in the 80s, I think, when they were learning to play guitar.
I think it's a bit more like of a major riff, yeah. and then it goes to that like darker, uh, minor, Sabbathy thing that you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, speaking of major to uh, to minor, the one thing I think that they do a little too much of is going to the halftime chorus. They do it on like at least four four songs, maybe even five songs if I I need to go back and count. Um, they do it on like really major melody, which was yeah. a song that like I had high hopes for when it started, and then kind of didn't go anywhere for me. Yeah, that's a song where I agree. Um, when it started and the first time I listened to it, I liked it, and then I, the more I invested in it, the less I liked it mm-hmm. because it started to reveal that like they're making, they're almost making fun of themselves or. You know, lyrically, and, and you, it, it almost becomes a kind of a joke song. Right. The more you understand what what they're doing, it's unfortunate because I think there's parts of that song that sound really cool. Um, I just don't think they knew what to do with it. You know, I think they had something there, and they just kind of like screwed around with it and sort of made it into a, a half a joke um, and threw it on the record. The, 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 I think it would fall into the uh, your category of uh, you know half baked. Yeah. Uh, like a uh, the song before though helicopter, it reminded me of. I mean, these guys are really good musicians. Mm-hmm. It reminded me of uh, like a, a song off a Steve Vai album or something, because <laughs> it's mostly instrumental and it's just it's just a bunch of parts and the way that the parts the parts kind of sound and the way it's based off riffs and stuff. It just it reminded me of like a song that would be on a Steve Vai album. <laughs> Without you know, a song like where there's no singer and you're trying to make make the guitar melodies be the vocal part, and just the way that it has a, like a ton of different parts and a ton of different riffs in it, and I'm like, oh, I kind of get this. This is like a you know, punk version of a Steve Vai song. It just it to complete the Steve Vai sort of uh, vibe. It would have needed a a very instrumentally breakdown part oh yeah yeah, yeah. i was it, i'm mostly talk, I'm referencing like you know guitar instrumental albums right it had that kind of vibe to it that song and then the, uh, one other song that didn't work for me was the closing track uh cheers which felt like that could have just been left off um it's like it's the longest song by quite a bit and it really it has no purpose it's just this like it almost sounds like it could have been a um a grunt, it could have been like on a grunt truck album as like a hidden track or something like that. Like it just doesn't seem to, it doesn't seem to like fit this record for me. It's just weird. It's just, a, yeah. The, just the best belong. part of the song for me is the, uh, there's like a middle section where it's, this is bass and vocals and the bass part sounds a lot like Geezer Butler. Like sounds like something he'd play on bass. So and, uh, that was probably my, that and just that's probably the only time on the record where it's just like the vocal and one other instrument mm-hmm. where they get that quiet, you know, and it was kind of nice to hear that. But uh, as a song, it's it's kind of meandering. Well, yeah. I wouldn't say a mess, but it's just it just meanders. So here's the question. Scott Russell Halgrim mentioned hearing bands like Seaweed and the Descendants. Uh, I didn't hear a lot of Seaweed. Did you? Um, I heard. Am I interrupting I, your dinner, Jay? No, I got a little ice here. Sorry. Oh, okay. I heard. Um, 
the seaweed didn't jump to mind. I, I could see that, I guess, now that I've, I've heard that reference. I was looking more like Bad Religion. So there would be like a... Yeah. It's a punk kind of a, aesthetic, but it's melodic and very like compressed, chunky guitars and very precise and, you know, mm-hmm. well-executed punk. So I, the, whenever I hear something like that, I think of like Bad Religion, but I think... Descendants and uh, uh, seaweed start to they're in the same ballpark, I would think. Yeah, that makes more sense to me. I, I hear the bad religion more so than more so than seaweed. I just think of seaweed as being more in like not as punky as as some of this record. Yeah, is. they don't uh, do as much like of uh, the stereotypical like that drum beat that you hear a lot on here, like the really fast punk style drum beat. You don't hear that seaweed do that very often. They a little bit more of a straight-up rock sound from a rhythm standpoint. But speaking of rhythm, I think something that's cool on this album that's maybe not apparent to everyone is that while the guitars are very um, 80s kind of metal tone or thrash metal tone, Mm -hmm. and sometimes the riffs are in that area as well, I love that there's moments where the... They contrast that with rhythms that are more from a, I'd say, alternative rock or even like a post-hardcore kind of feel. So they'll be a little bit more like Tom-based um, with accents on the ride and like doing more uh, dynamics. And so they don't, I just like that combination. Like I could hear this, a lot of these songs would be way less interesting if the drummer approached it from a metal point of view (laughs) and they really aren't which is very i think what makes it work Um, while the guitars are you know at times straight up i mean there's there's parts in here i had notes like all-star jam there's a part in there where the bass sounds like iron maiden song that has like a very much has a gallop to it you know guitar and bass wise and you know kind of a classic metal uh, gallop to it but the drums don't do that they are coming from a completely different direction which the combination of those two things is uh, it's a good thing actually in a lot of ways almost at, uh, at times better than even what therapy does because I think therapy sometimes is you know they're both um maybe coming from more of a metal standpoint together. So you, you don't end up with as much uh, contrast there. But what did you think about should be uh, my side and mm-hmm. may have been afraid not, but oh, I'm sorry, cheers. So my side and in, in, in parts of cheers have 
kind of a rap metal feel to them, or at least in the way that the rhythm and the vocal delivery is treated. It starts to feel a little bit, maybe this is where the comment about it being um, Chili Peppers. Ish. Yeah, and Faith No More-ish. Yeah. Coming from, uh, I'm not a fan of that kind of stuff, but it was kind of interesting the way they did it. Uh, it made me think more of a band like Biohazard than maybe Faith No More, just because it's so, it's a little bit darker. But um, I don't know, what did, how did you feel about this? Uh, I really did not pick up on like a, a Chili Pepper vibe at all. More in the Faith No More end of it and like in biohazard's a good well it's irrelevant i don't know if it's a good comparison but it's a relevant comparison <laughs> um <laughs> i heard it and i mentioned like with my side i mentioned that it had sort of a a living color feel to it yeah uh, even the even the just the vocal approach you know with the harmonies and the it's much it's very melodic um where some of those some of the songs are not as melodic um that to me was a i guess a closer comparison um, I always think of Faith No More as being more quirky, and yeah, I don't know if I, if the comparison is simply because that the drum beat in my side has a feel of like epic. Yeah, and the and the vocal gets the vocal delivery and the verses gets a little rapish, like the way he delivers the lines. It's very much uh, it's melodic, but it's very rhythm oriented. It doesn't go over the line where you're like, oh, he's rapping, but you just right. sort of like he's in the groove with the drums and. It gets it gets in that ballpark, which I wasn't sure if it's a good thing or a bad thing for this band. And I think it's really only happens on this song and a little bit on the other song I mentioned, which makes it even more of a question of like, why are they going there? <laughs> I, th- I think as, he, as long as he stays away from actually rapping, he's he's okay. Yeah. If you were to drop some actual rhymes, uh, this would have devolved into. Uh, <laughs> something it's would have been turned turn into the funk junkies and we don't need that to happen so wow. for anybody who remembers the funk junkies i don't i'm glad i don't they their only hit was a cover of i love it loud by kiss but rapped oh god with like a you know with a big fat beat oh that sounds awful and and like keyboard or not keyboard but like you know scratching and done with like you know super over compressed guitars and was their album called Funk Among Us? What was the name of their album? Hold on. A second. Now you can. Now I gotta look it up. Now I gotta see. <laughs> is it Abracadoobie? Well, first of all, it was Funk Junkies, P H U N K, J U N K E E Z. Funk course. Junkies. They were from Phoenix, Arizona, and their album that they broke through on was called Injected. Track two. I love it loud. Appropriate enough, it was released on Trauma Records, and because that uh, caused some trauma, releasing that cover. Um, I'm trying to see where uh, Love It Loud reached a peak of number 38 on the U.S. Billboard Hot 100, and it was in the Tommy Boy soundtrack. There wow, you, go. you got a good memory, man. Well, no, that's what. That's what. Uh, no, I just let you even remember that band. Oh, I, I'll never forget that song. I will never. You should. You should hop onto Spotify and see if you. No, can I don't want to hear that. You want to hear it? Yeah, you oh. do. Oh yeah, you do. They were a band that was like a cross between. They were in the three eleven camp. That's just <gasps> awful and crappy. Yeah. <laughs> That's what they were a cross between that. They uh yeah, 
that was that was all that horrible things that were happening, and I'm sure that they played with uh, oh, Insane Clown a, Posse and oh, that was a dark period. There was a whole bunch of bands. They had, I mean, they put out albums up till 2007. So their their albums are they're self-titled, then injected, Fear of a Whack Planet, Sex, Drugs, and Rap and Roll. Oh no no no. Rocket no. side, rocket science, and hydrophonic. Besides, I love it loud. Their other big singles were "Me in Your Girl," "American Pimp," "Hazy," H A Z E E. I am a junkie. So the band Funk, the Funk Junkies, had a song called "I Am a Junkie." I, I need to hear that. Oh, they have a filmography too: bootlegs, bong rips, and bad videos. Oh. I need to know everything about the Funk Junkies. Jay, let's move along from the Funk Junkies please, and let's please, get please. into our, our our reviews in in totem. This particular record, our ratings. We've talked about things we didn't like. We've talked about things we liked. I don't know if it's clear where we're landing on this record, so I'm going to throw it to you first, Jay. Is this a worthy album? Is this a better EP, or is this a decent single? I think this is a very interesting band, and I think... It's the kind of album that makes me want to explore the catalog a little bit more, probably the later stuff, um, more so than the early stuff. Uh, I think this album suffers a little bit from it being their first record and um, them not quite knowing what it is they want to do yet. And um, the song, at the end of the day, the, the biggest knock for me is the songwriting is just not quite where it needs to be. Um, you know, the better stuff that they do is really short. Like a song like Sniffy kind of takes everything they do great and condenses it down to a minute and 37 seconds. And um, if the rest of their material is sort of in that direction, maybe not, you know, almost songs that are that short, but just that focused. focused. Yeah. yeah, that focused, that would be good. Um, so I'm going to come out with an EP. I think... Um, I've got four songs that I really like, and there's parts of a lot of the other songs I like, but uh, you know, not complete songs. I'm I'm pretty close to where you're at. I'm also in an EP. I'm, I think I'd go with like five to six songs. As uh, I think I'd take the first four, and then probably add probably add Sniffy and All Star Jam. So that, that would get me, that would get me to six songs. I think that's a solid six tracks from this record it's not half the record you know it's a 14 song record it's there are a number of songs you could cut obviously mm. i think there's a lot here to digest even though it's you know there's a short songs um but i think that whether you're into sort of punk or thrash metal or metal in general i think there's a lot to digest on this record that's pretty interesting and like you, I am interested in, in finally exploring some of their later stuff, and you know, even checking out the the '90s albums, um, since there's two from the '90s and two from the 2000s. So, uh, I think this, you know, it's a good plate setter and uh, a table setter for the rest for the rest of this uh, band. So, good selection by Gavin Reed. We want to thank him for suggesting this for us. I know he was a little nervous based on. Um, you know, the age of this record and would it stand up? And I think that it 
elements and parts of it do stand up and they're stand up well enough for us to want to go listen to some other stuff by this band so if you would like to suggest an album for us to review you can head on over to our request review page at digmeoutpodcast.com and if you like what you heard please consider leaving us some positive feedback over at itunes we want to thank everybody for listening on radio io and stitcher and all of our other outlets Please be sure to visit digmeoutpodcast.com for weekly news and previews of upcoming episodes. For Jay, I'm Tim, and we are out. Another one in the books. We'll be back next week with another episode of Dig Me Out. Join the conversation about this episode at digmeoutpodcast.com, where you can find links to our Facebook page and Twitter feed, as well as links to our request a review and merchandise pages. 